Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And back again for our preview podcast for round 20, fifth and last NRL podcast. Look us up on Acast, iTunes, rate, review. Feel free to inbox us on the Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. We're not quite as active because we don't exactly uh, like advertising our massive melons, as I think it'd be detrimental for most people's state of mind having to look at our heads. But hit us on all the socials, hit us on all the platforms. Look us up, Acast, iTunes, Boxhead. How you been? Good buddy, what about you? Oh, yeah, just plugging away like everybody, I guess. I'm hating this learning from home stuff as a PE teacher. It's no good. Yeah, The not... reason you get into PE teaching is to be outside and I'm inside, so I'm going a little bit stir-crazy, but um, it is what it is, I guess. I think they're saying that they're going to announce an extension of the lockdown today, so, but who can be surprised? The numbers are still going up, so um, I don't know. What do you do, man? What do you do? Play on? Yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, the grand final, final series will be in Queensland, I would imagine. I can't see that really changing too much in terms of the location of of where we're going to be playing our, our final series, which is going to suck for me because I've been to a million grand finals in a row. I've been to every grand final live since, I think it's the year 2000, so that'll probably bring, bring to an end that streak, but really... I've got my job, I've got my health, so pretty lucky. Yep, I think for me, looking at what's happening today, uh, well, the news is only literally right now. It is extended for another four weeks, but I've obviously got the volume down. Everything I've heard, my job falls in the construction sector, but my job's still essential because it's with electricity, so I've been working, but just on and off and on call um, basically 24 hours a day. But I I think we're going back to normal next week somewhat. Um... But it's, yeah, it's weird because a lot of the rules are contradicted in what I do every day. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the two weeks. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm at a senior campus, so I'm, I'm teaching only year 11 and 12, which, you know, is really, really a difficult situation because they're supposed to be sitting there HSC trials at the moment. Year 11 are supposed to be doing their yearly exams. So it's... Yeah, it's going to be really, really hard. Like for this, particularly this year's year twelve, because last year they were year eleven, they went through all the lockdowns, and then again this year, you know, they're thinking they're home free, you know, just just about to start their last term, and then COVID hits again. So mm. yeah, it's it's a difficult one for all the year eleven and twelve students out there. If anyone's parents of uh, a year eleven and twelves. Uh, they just need some advice or need someone to chat to in terms of um, anything in relation to schooling stuff. So it's a message, I'm happy to help. I've got plenty of time at the moment. I might not be able to help you at all, but I might be able to point you in the right direction. If we've got any year 11 or 12 students, um, flick us a, a message or on our on our socials and um, we'll try and help out as much as we can. But yeah, it's, I don't care what anyone says. Like, it's... it's you can't replace face-to-face teaching, that's for sure. And 
uh, Zooming and the online learning and all that sort of stuff, while it's still better, far better than nothing, it's, I just don't think it's quite as effective as face-to-face teaching. And, um, yeah, I hate, I hate being at home. I hate being in lockdown, but uh, sort of trying to do my bit. I had one vaccine and I've got my next one booked in on the 4th of September, I think it is. So uh, I think that's sort of talking about that the vaccine's going to be the, the way up, but I don't know, the goalposts sort of seem to be shifting a little, but yeah, anyway. Yep. We've, we've still got footy, man. Yep, that's it. It's still going. Look at the positives. We'll jump and, uh, in. There'd be plenty of people out there. I think you said this at the end of last week's podcast. Anyone whose small business is struggling, anyone who feels as though our network, our reach could help them in terms of their business, uh, flick us a message and we'll help you out. We don't want anything for it. We'll help you out for nothing. Um, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to promote you, to help you. So, um, Or even if you just want to have a yarn, we're both looking probably to have a chat. So... Uh, we've got a little bit of time on our hands. Sometimes we get some questions during the, you know, when the year's flowing and I'm coaching and you're working and we're both flat out. We sort of don't have enough time to go in depth with a lot of questions or, or things like that. But we're doing two podcasts a week at the moment because we've got a little bit of extra time. So, yeah, flick through your messages, questions, thoughts, anything you think we can help you out with or just for a chat. Happy to um, happy to have a, have a yarn. I've uh, had a couple of, we've had a couple of texts, emails, couple of young coaches have flicked me an email to ask about resources and some stuff so I flicked them some stuff so yeah uh, don't be sure mm. and I've had a couple as always around recruitment and some juniors and some questions about some players so um, if I know like I said yeah, it's good. always happy to write back and give people an opinion or what I think or if I've seen somebody so um, yeah how are you passing the days man what are you, what are you, what are you getting up to to pass the time well, I've been at work most days, bar these couple we've had, but just yeah, on and off. So I got called into work yesterday at 3am in the morning um, for a fault and a bunch of people off at home, obviously, which is more amplified now because everyone is home. Um, I've had one last week where I had like a 12-hour day with a couple of faults and people again all at home. So I've probably been in and out um, at least half the time, but given what's going to be announced right now I'll obviously have to watch it again afterwards to see what's going on but we'll, we'll likely be back at work next week but just in a different setup we might have to um, I don't know maybe split days or not go to our depot and have trucks etc but yeah it's it's uh, yeah it's a weird time because like I said even with a lot of stuff they put in place it's hard for us to do our job without contradicting a lot of the rules yeah but we're essential so <laughs> have to do it but off all that into some football we'll get into some of the news that's happened in the past 24, 36 hours and the biggest one maybe not for everybody else but for me it's, it's huge news Craig Bellamy signing to stay on at the Melbourne Storm it's been a question mark for a long period of time now there's a lot of complications again um, that people obviously don't know behind the scenes in terms of family moving um, and lots of moving parts for Bellamy and the Storm but no surprise Matt Tripp and the club were willing to work in any circumstances to make sure a deal got across the line. It could be minimum two years, it could be a maximum five years and potentially longer. One more at the moment next year, guaranteed at least as the coach and then the option to move in as a GM or director of rugby league and appoint the next coach. And of all the signings, like there's still you know a few guys now that are 
pretty much over the line or I think terms are somewhat agreed, but a lot of guys such as Pappenhausen, Grant, waiting to see what was going to happen with Craig Bellamy. This is the most important signing for the Melbourne Storm without fail. Oh, huge, yeah. It's a positive for Melbourne fans, but it's a negative for... Not a negative, but everyone else in the competition is going, oh, here we go again. He's staying the big dog. And uh, you sent me the, the clip on Facebook that the Melbourne Storm put out where he announced the team, which was... That was great. Both a great insight, but hilarious as well at the same time. Um, yeah, especially him at Munster. Yeah, it's great. It was great. So anyone who hasn't seen it, I might flick it up into our... Um, uh, into our discussion group, actually, I'll do that now while we're, while we're recording. I'll get my laptop up and do that. But, yeah, it's, it's funny. Funny, but you can just see how much passion he's got for the club. Like, the longer you stay somewhere, the harder it is to leave, obviously. So, And with the more success that he ha- has and, you know, he's going to move into that director role, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to move into that role. Like, if you're a coach, you're a coach. It's really hard to flip that switch off. Um like I'm working with Chris Hutchison at the moment at Mounties and he was he was a coach for a long period of time and he's obviously handing all the football operations and the signings and recruitment and all the other day-to-day business that goes on but at the heart of it he's a coach you know like we we talk three or four times a week about footy and players and tactics and training sessions and all that sort of stuff so um I think he's going to have to ha- he's going to have to have someone there if, if he's going to have another head coach come in that's going to be happy for him to bounce around and you know jump into training sessions or just be happy to be around the team as much as possible because you just you can't get rid of it I couldn't imagine like I'd love to go into a role like that maybe later in my career but right now I couldn't imagine not coaching but I also can't imagine not having that passion and love for coaching either even if you were in a different different role like Matty Cameron at Penrith is the same he um he was a coach and then sort of moved into the admin side of it but you're always a coach at heart like he'd always be down sessions and chatting footy and it's, it's great it's good for the game like I, I don't like I know it's good for you as a Melbourne fan I just think it's fantastic for the game we need our best coaches staying and developing the next generation and, I think uh, obviously hugely positive for the Storm on top of that though he's sort of leading he's been through multiple transitions now so yeah. he grew this first crop of players where, again, everyone carried on like Slater, Smith, and, and Cronk just fell out of a tree. That wasn't the case. And they obviously had the salary cap error, led them out of that with some bit players and obviously kept the big three. You had Slater injured for a few years. They bring Munster in, who's not even cited for any rep teams up there. Is playing park football at Capra's, taken down in the system, takes that role, moves into six. Billy moves on. They produced drink water. Hughes and Pappenhausen all unwanted by other clubs produce them for other clubs hold on to Pappenhausen who was you know last in that pecking order at one point turned Hughes into a number seven and now a premiership winning halfback Harry Grant from the age of 13 from Yapoon again another one missed probably in the Brisbane system developed into the situation now along with having Brandon Smith like and Smith Cameron Smith retires the last piece the big piece that everyone is basically thinking well this surely has to be the start of a decline and you know the rule changes it was always the wrestle it was this it was that they can't succeed that changes last year they win the comp they lose Cameron Smith this year they're leading the comp Um, and I think that's a big part of it as well for a coach they had such a consistent core group for a long period of time and I, I think similar to what you're bringing up but also when you're getting older have being around those younger guys, a different generation, and clearly they look like a good group of guys. 
Um, I think it keeps you young sometimes being around those people. So there's no doubt he's particularly got close relationships with Munster, Brandon Smith, and a few of these younger guys that are pushing through him. That joy and the group that he's got is obviously another contributing factor as to why he's staying on. Yeah, it's awesome. And you, you'd be pumped. Oh, 100%. Uh, the, the big thing is, like I said, stability. I respect the hell out of Melbourne. If the Titans aren't winning come finals time, I'm pulling for Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, I've obviously got still got a soft spot for the Panthers as well. Like I, I'd love nothing more than to see a Melbourne Panthers grand final again. Yeah. Uh, firstly, because you obviously support them, but because you just—it's hard to not have respect for their organisation. They—they're winners, and you know I'd obviously like to see a lot of the guys I had in Goulburn with a Penrith win a comp as well. So they're probably the two sides. Well, they're definitely the two only other sides I sort of watch and hope that they go well outside of the uh, outside of my Titans, but. Uh, yeah, big game, uh, big game this Saturday night. Sad we're going to be in uh, in lockdown, but I'm, I'm I reckon I'm going to fire up the fight on on Saturday. It's a little girl's third birthday as well, so mm. uh, should have to spend that in lockdown. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be all happening. A few beers, maybe a pizza and uh, fire pit, and uh, whack the footy on. It'll be good. Well, my original plan was to fly to Melbourne for this game, but obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't book anything because same deal as last year. The few times I considered it when we were in and out of the rule changes, it was just like, yeah, this isn't this isn't worth risking it. Well, we were also going to go, we we're going to go Titans Storm on the Goldie. That's in a few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, Arnie Palaszczuk. Well, she let us in. Can nah. we get in? Let us out, Arnie Palaszczuk. Well, we might make the grand final if it's up there, if we can fly up there, but I don't know. <laughs> That, that's... Oh, yeah, if, if, if we can, I'd, I'd definitely look at it. Oh, I'd, I'd do a hit-and-run mission overnight, like we've done before for Origin. Yeah. Just to try and take out the factor that some people have obviously been caught, because it, it, things can change a lot in 24 hours in this current environment, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the finishing point I want to make here, um, obviously, again, for, for the club, forget me as a fan, if you're looking at it just purely as a rugby league perspective, objectively on the outside, the success of the Melbourne Storm has been largely built on Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy is the Storm. A lot of the players have driven the culture, um, you know, and, and, and all the standards that have been brought in and the principles of what has built the Melbourne Storm. But make no mistake about it, the most important piece of Melbourne is Craig Bellamy. So, well, he is that. He is the leader. He is Melbourne. He is the culture. He, he is, is Melbourne. So I think the best thing here as well for me, I also just, I never pictured in my head that he'd just be, you know, retired and that was it. He'd walk away. Like the succession plan here for this club, because it is in Melbourne and its its success needs to continue, is what is happening right now. If he does move out, appointing the next coach, who that might be, we don't have to worry for another 12 months. But I, I just kind of wonder, there's been a lot of guys come and go. Riles was sort of touted. Went for that European rugby experience with Eddie Jones. It's apparent now, I think, that he signed with the Roosters to work with Robinson now that Fitzgibbon's gone. Maybe in a year or two, they try and poach him back because there's no way Robinson's going anywhere. Um, he's had a long-time assistant now in, I think it's Mark Brentnell or Craig Brentnell. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I tend to lean he's, to him. He seems to have been there for so long and not left, so I really wonder if Bellamy's still there in that sort of role and Brentnell's the coach and he knows the sort of system they drive and players know Bellamy's there, is that an option? Um, I, think, I think he's the one. Yeah. That, I, I got, I've got no inside info. But no. I, if you leave, I, I, don't, I don't think that Bellamy's going to be overly keen to poach someone from another club. They don't have to do that. He, he said that in that um, clip yesterday that this is the best coaching team they've ever had. 
he's really, really happy with the coaches. He said, I, I essentially oversee it. A lot of those guys are just running it. So, yeah, whoever's there loyal and whoever whoever's there that just fits into that role and that he can work with. And I think it will be because he's the only one, well, he's the, he's the one that's been there the longest, I, I think. I still but think. What you're saying, Rolls is, Rolls is leaving and you've had Kearney come in and out on a couple of occasions. Well, my two front runners would be. Would it be to be Brettnell and have Bellamy overseeing, you know, the program, and then have Kearney there? Like Kearney's one. Kearney, I know Kearney cops a bad rap, okay? Like, and as a head coach, he hasn't had great success. But in saying that, he's won a World Cup with New Zealand. He's coached at two NRL clubs. He's won a premiership as a player. He's been in and around the game for years and years and years. He's been to at least four or five NRL clubs. Like he's got a wealth of experience. So. Yeah, I don't think you can undervalue him as a really, really strong assistant coach, and just that older head as well. Like, yeah, I, I think I'd be I'd be keeping a hold of um, Kearney as well. Yeah, I don't think he'll go anywhere. I think he's at a point where he's had a few jobs, and some guys realise that you know whether it be the club situation or the environment that they're better off as an assistant. There's nothing wrong with being yeah, a, you an just assistant. Yeah, do a shitload more coaching. Like it's just like, well, hey, head coach, what am I doing today? Okay, you want me to run these two drills? Sweet. Yeah, or you, or you've got an area. Footy stuff. Offense, defense, leadership. Yeah. He was a captain. He's coached New Zealand. He's got great leadership qualities. The other beautiful thing for me here with them is they've also succession planned for probably the other most underrated piece of the Melbourne Storm setup in Frank Panisi. Ryan Hoffman is now the understudy to Frank Panisi, and Ryan Hoffman is obviously one of the favourites of the club, very smart bloke, and he's learning that side of the game. So they're not only planning just on the coaching side of things, they're planning on the football manager recruitment, retention side of things to build the next generation again from within and what they know and people that carry those same standards that have been built in the culture to try and make sure it continues. So um, the biggest thing here again... New group coming through, great success. They've transitioned, but stability very important for the next twelve months because there's some big things that need to happen. Pappenhausen grants deals now, hopefully, will be done. That Bellamy's locked in. There's obviously now the big push that Finucane's moved on. Then we freed up about five hundred thousand plus that we're going to push to keep Brandon Smith long term. Um, and then there's some big things going on next year with players in terms of off contract again, which I think will be massively helped by the fact that they do have Craig Bellamy staying. So off contract next year, you have Jesse Bromwich. Kenny Bromwich has a player option for the year after, but again, a lot will probably depend on what his brother does. Felice Kafusi has a player option, um, for, and he will have an option there. Grant has a mutual option for 23. So I guess money will probably be a factor in that, whether both agree on that or they do an extension early, which they're already working on. There's no doubt with club options, for Storm on Olam and Kamika Mika they'll take both of those up I don't doubt that um, Remus Smith he's proved his worth if he keeps going Christian Welch is turned into a rep forward in that time so all these players big names big decisions I think will only be helped um, by the fact that Bellamy's staying yeah agree mate so, agree moving on from how that good, one how good for you you're wrapped I, I, I don't know how many grand finals I've been to you uh, with you and Nine. I heard you say, oh, it's the end. This is our last chance to win a comp. It's like, shut up, mate. You said that for the last decade. And it just keeps rolling on and rolling on and rolling on. And while ever Bellamy's there, they'll, they'll continue to be right up there because he's just a winner. Mm. So, um, right, take, put, your, put your shirt back on and let's get on with the rest of the podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, next one. Stop talking about the storm. 
basically. But the Roosters is the next one we've got here uh, with the outside back situation. Pretty much we hit the nail on the head as to what they're looking to do this week. Line-up wise, Kieran's been named in the centres. Morris has been named the other centre over Manu. I saw a couple of people overreacting about how can you just stick him on the wing. Like They're not just going to park him on the wing. They'll find ways like they did last week to let him come in on outside back plays and sweep and sort of play. Whose name, who's name is the other centre? Morris? Morris. Morris will play on the wing, 100%. Manu's not playing in the centres. It's just a bit of... But even if he is, though, you, 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 they're not going to play him like a conventional yardage player. They're not just going to use him as a battering ram out of the backfield. They'll no, find ways... No way you will play on the wing. No, no way. And you've got to look at the way they've played the last few weeks, which is why I was surprised people wrote about it like that. Like, Tedesco is not playing traditionally just as a one right now because they're lacking in their halves. You've got Radley and him really helping out Walker and Hutchison. Hutchison's sort of taken the burden of steering things and kicking. Walker's picking and choosing his moments because obviously they don't want him carrying the whole load. You've got Teddy in particular jumping in on a lot of those short sides and snooping around the ruck. And then you've got Radley who's playing the link man on a lot of those long side shifts. And Manu's already been popping up in shape and on those sweet plays and playing almost more of that fullback role like Teddy used to with Teddy being more hands on the front line now so whether he's named him 2 3 fucking 17 it doesn't matter they're not just going to park him on the wing but what they're doing is for what they're dealing with in their current situation and the other thing underrated what I brought up was Kieran's goal kicking he's the best goal kicking option they've got it hasn't cost them in a game yet but in a game like the Cowboys won and a few others where they've kicked two from seven, like that, that's just not acceptable. And if they're going to beat a Parramatta or some of these teams in the next few weeks, given their current situation, Kieran needs to be a part of the side, if possible, with their injury situation to make sure they're going up in sixes, not in fours. Exactly. It's vitally important, particularly playing Parramatta, top four teams, into the finals. If they really want to compete in those games they're going to have to kick well and that probably hasn't been a really important factor for the Roosters in years gone by because they've been so dominant they haven't really had to rely on good goal kicking I mean they've always had a, a decent goal kicker there but it's it's become vitally important this year for mm. them because they're going to be in a lot of close games in those finals I would imagine so yeah it's, it's you've just got to work out a way to get him into the side because you know that if you can kick at you know, 80 85%, that's going to be a huge benefit to the team and you need him on the field to, to get that job done. So it's yeah. a no-brainer. And people can't underestimate, again, like coaching. Just because someone wears a jersey, again, you just if you're freaking out, oh, he's got number two on, like, you've, just keep your head about you. Watch so, the game. Like it's, Watch the game. He's not yeah. just playing as a two. The coach is not just going, oh, one of the most valuable, dangerous attacking weapons we have that can play one, six, wherever he wants on the field we're just going to stick him on the wing. That's not the case. They're doing what they need to do to field the best possible side and they'll find ways to make sure everyone's still involved. And he has been. So um, I think the other thing for them right now, they're looking to loan a player or possibly sign someone for the rest of the year. They've been linked. Um, apparently they rang Brisbane about Xavier Coates. Uh, they've got no interest because as far as money pushed into next year, it saves them nothing. Dugan has been floated. I, I don't really know if they'd want to take that option just given the situation um, and some of his... Last little bits and pieces at Cronulla. I, I don't know if he's gone up into the bubble. Dale Copley's been mentioned. He's at least been at the club before in the past. He's a clean skin. Um, and even George DeFilla, who hasn't played any football this year from the manly side of things. But whether they go that route, whether they stick with what they've got, they're talking about what we brought up. The Torfer Graham twins, Moala, has been named in the extended bench. Like It's probably not ideal to play him in a top four game this week. But if they've got a game or two in the next few weeks, it's probably more suitable 
to introduce him against the bottom eight side. They might possibly do that, but um, yeah, we'll have to watch them to see if they do end up making a move in potentially bringing an outside back. Extension of the lockdown till August 28th, Cessna. Oh, there you go. Wow. Uh, other news, the Panther situation. You've gone from Coruscant missing one more game. Yo's not named this week from a head knock. Tyron May's now out indefinitely with a knee. They don't know. Nathan's shoulder, whether he's good to go in a week or two, still no guarantee he gets through. You have to wait and see. I've had that surgery. It's it's dicey. I played 12 months with that shoulder issue, but you just get, gradually get weaker and have more problems, and you'll have mini sublaxes and whatnot. What's his, what's, what's his issue? Well, I think he's dislocated it front and back. Or So realistically, you can work on the muscles... And he's got a labrum tear as well, which is obviously that little ring of cartilage that it sits on. Um, yeah, but so that's why my career ended because of the labrum. So mm. the late, my labrum never felt stable ever again. It still doesn't now when I get into certain positions. So no, nah, mine feels worse. Yeah, hopefully it can heal naturally. Mm. I had a labr- labral tear front and back and a slap lesion, which is like a bicep reattachment. So you, like I said, I, I got needled up and you play with it. But as far as like weights and like Brock was saying, certain positions pins and needles, you land awkwardly at sublaxes, like, I'm sure they'll be able to get him back, but it's more a pain tolerance thing and a strength thing. Um, but I, I don't know, like, why would they play him? There's no point this week. I wouldn't play him for the next month. If it's another two weeks, are I they, wouldn't are they play fall out of, Are they going to fall out of the top four? No way in the world, are they? I don't think so. They won the minor premiership last year, they won them in the grand final this year. Okay, so there's no home field advantage in the top four either. First and fourth, exactly the same. Realistically, well, you just probably don't want to play. Played in Queensland, so who cares? Mm. There's no Queensland team in the top four, so it's not like you're competing to play against someone to keep Brisbane or you know the Cowboys or the Titans out of a home final. No one's getting a home final. No. If I'm Penrith man, I'm parking the bus until I know that all of those guys are 110 percent fit. Well, I think for the most part, though, and I'm just gonna, and then I'm, and then I'm just gonna go. Hopefully, you get a week or two to. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to, to say. To lead into the finals, which gives them, like, another, what, four weeks? I'd just be parking all of them, man. All of them. Just if, go, right, oh, just let's let's put them on ice, build up your depth, give those guys that may potentially need some time, because you've got no New South Wales Cup, give those guys plenty of time. You know, if you can drag a couple of wins like they have anyway, like, play on. But their, their, their focus here is going to be to win the comp. Mm-hmm. And that was the point I had here. You've got Toto, which is probably the biggest one because there's no guarantee of time on that one yet. It could be four weeks, best scenario. If he doesn't need surgery, it could be eight weeks if he needs surgery. If that's eight weeks, you're talking second week of finals. I thought he he had surgery. I don't know. I heard yesterday that they were getting the scans to clarify whether it was going to be a four, six, or eight weeks. There's different courses of action, so... Okay. um, He's a huge piece, though. That one could be a huge blow if it's full length. If you miss six, eight weeks... Yeah, that'd be preliminary final. Yeah, that's, that's a big blow, and he's huge for their set starts. But Fish is out for two or three weeks, depending on this bubble. And I guess now, similar to what we said the other day, like if you don't think the Pangai signing was worthwhile given the circumstances they're under now, well, you're crazy. It's a risk. But you need to put yourself in a position to best place yourself for the finals. And I guess with what's going on, my opinion was similar to yours. People are already questioning, are they in danger? is this bad for momentum? Is this the beginning of the end? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't go that far. But if you have a couple of guys who are under a cloud, got some issues, I'd probably be looking at the next three weeks at least 
to sort that out, get everyone back in. And for the last two or three rounds, I'd want to get my best side on the park and try and get momentum going again, heading into the finals. Agree, mate, agree. Um, and the other situation here, I guess, like this weekend, Burton at seven with Luai hasn't happened yet. And it needs to happen because if Cleary comes back and he does get injured or he can't keep going, this is the combination that they're going to have to push forward with. And also, like you've just said, Eisenhuth, Tago, Hopgood, Kenny, Nate, and even Momorowski is on the fringe after starting the year. Like, all these guys aren't getting any other football right now. They need to get some of these guys some games, see what else they've got in their squad, because if they do get injuries, which are starting to happen now, they're going to have to call on one or two of these guys to help out. Well, that, yeah, that's right. And you want to build that depth up. Hmm. So uh, I'm not panicking like I'm seeing some people starting to freak out. I reckon the next few weeks are important to make sure everyone's healthy get some games under the belt of some of these other guys and at least try and get things back on track with at least three weeks before the final series. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope so, man, because I want to see a full-strength Melbourne, full-strength Penrith. Hopefully we get it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm after as well. Um, small one here. Like, I'm not going to carry on about it. Like We've had different sorts of COVID breaches, but the whole duct tape on the balcony thing and the fact that they go to meals and breaks and whatever together the one yesterday about Jimmy the Jet getting some fresh air after training like I get that what they've said but like honestly why is there people stalking them to take photos of Manila on the balcony I thought that was exactly my take I'm like what the fuck it's just the people that desperate they're hanging out there all day trying to get anything like if you've gone out there for a couple of minutes to literally have a couple of breaths of fresh air like surely that's a fucking human right it's a non-event. It's a fun, the whole story is a non-event. It's ridiculous. Mm. And like, okay, he's not, we're not supposed to be going out on his balcony. Uh, okay, is it the worst crime in the world? No. Nah. He's probably got pretty severe anxiety. He probably doesn't like being cooped up. Like, I know we're all in lockdown, but we can all go out. We can all go out and go for a walk and get some sun and get some air. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're out training anyway, so they're not in a super tight bubble I don't understand why they can't I think he's in his own two week quarantine now because he went up late but still oh right so he's not a part of the normal training not yet but I I, I still don't understand like and I understood the other day well no wonder he's going crazy they've threatened to take them out but this is the funny thing like I said and not insulting the Queensland side of things but at the same time, they're saying one more thing and we'll send you home. They've just made apparently a twenty million dollar offer. Well, a host. This was my point to you. There's no fucking way that they're gonna that government is gonna move them out unless there's a serious yeah fuck up COVID breach because it's it's as beneficial for the Queensland government and Queensland as it is for the NRL. Well, there's games this week in Rockhampton, Redcliffe, yeah. Mackay, double headers, triple headers. They've got other sports up there. They're potentially going to get the final series and the grand final. And I'll, yeah. I'm not taking light of the, the breaches. We get that. But this here, because of the families the other day passing stuff to each other, when I'm pretty sure I, the way I understood it is they all go for meals and some of their time together outside of the room anyway. I, I didn't understand why it was such a huge breach. No, I, think, I think, again, I think that the families who are in the room, stay in the room, so they have to have meals and everything. So I don't know. We, I don't know. Know. Well, the goal, we know that the goalposts got moved when they got there because apparently yeah, they were told no, one thing. This is not what they agreed to. So, you know, I'm not, not trying to defend that side of things, but, yeah, as far as this one yesterday, more from a media side of things, I thought this is just a fucking absolute beat-up. He, he's literally gone out to take a couple of the breaths. Like that's 
It's not going to cause mass infection. You don't even know if, if he had it, and if he did, he would have been tested for it. He's not yeah, super spreading of, off the balcony. My theory on Palaszczuk and the Queensland government, I'm not going, not going down that road. So, yeah, I thought that was a bit of an non-event. But on the, the flip side of that, going to that news, good for the NRL, I guess, trying to offset that 10 to $15 million a month cost. I don't know what it's worked out to be. They're trying to get it to be as most cost-effective as possible. But I, I said at the start, I stick by it now. When, they're not coming back. It's not happening. Um, so $20 million potentially for the final series is big. That could, you know, try and balance things out. If they can break even or only lose a little bit of money from this exercise to finish, that would be another great result for the game. Um, they've also got some regional games happening now that the players are out of their normal quarantines and not just playing at Seabus and Suncorp. I just said it, Redcliffe, Mackay, Rockhampton all getting some games this weekend. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Good that's tourism, fantastic. good dollars. It's, it's the smart thing to do to try and not only reward those areas that don't get games, but also benefit the, you know, the NRL and the situation in where they're paying out, obviously, to try and keep things afloat and get things to survive because it's more detrimental, obviously, if you're not playing at all because the TV money is the big thing but if you can get some money from the government and from some of those areas hosting some games and try and get your books at least to break even or lose a little bit not a whole lot it's uh, the best case scenario for everyone exactly so we'll see how that plays out in the last few little bits before we jump in and uh, preview our games and give some bets again thanks to bluebet.com.au couple of moves uh, looking to be confirmed the talk is that Vaughan will be going to the Bulldogs now uh, on a one-year deal, waiting for that to be confirmed. Manly, uh, still been a long-time link to Luke Garner. That's looking more and more likely that he'll come back where he played his under-20s football. He's got a close relationship with the Trebojevic's and a couple of guys. And on top of that, Moylan deal now confirmed. One-year, 350k to stay at the Sharks, get an opportunity. Sorensen's two-year extension that was talked about weeks ago at Penrith is now locked in. Good depth signing, probably not high cost. An extension this morning for Elliot Whitehead at Canberra, who's been filling in as the captain and a real mainstay. He's got a two-year extension. He's already signed for 22, but now signed until 24. Um, and then a few other bits that came out that were interesting. Manisi Fano, who, who were obviously waiting for his court case with all the COVID stuff, like the DeBellin one on the no-fault stand-down. His case has now been pushed back another 12 months. So he's potentially looking at almost three years um, by the time this gets sorted, which for Manly, I guess for now, they've probably got him... I know they did a contract while he's off. They'd be paying him bare minimum, um, but still not ideal when you're waiting for something like this to be sorted out. Um, but it's just what we're dealing with, I guess, with the COVID situation right now and a backlog in the courts. Uh, what else have we got here? Murray Tuolagi, a new deal is imminent with the Cowboys. No surprise, they're moving to lock him down. He's been very, very good. I think that's... Nothing but a positive. Newcastle Knights, we talked about the other day, making some moves. Kurt Mann's just extended for two years. They're looking at re-signing Josh King for another year or two. Um, an interesting one, he was linked to your mob last year when Fafita left, Tessie New. Apparently the Broncos are almost resigned now to losing him. He's only 19. He's shown plenty of promise. Um, and they're saying that, you know, it's a salary cap issue. Why they're, you know, trying to save money and go out and buy guys like Dane Gagai and all these other blokes. I, I, I thought surely they would have at least tried to keep their hat in the ring for Tessie New, but he's linked to apparently three Sydney clubs, and for now no one else has been named, but I'd be interested That's in Tessie New. And I, I, I reckon he's going really well. Like He seems to be, every game he plays is getting better. He's a very strong ball runner. I think he's developing his passing game, so he'd be a good pick-up. 
well, again, 19 years old, technically under the new rules, he could play SG Bull. So they talk about wanting to reshape their roster. When you're looking at, you know, letting guys go and they're saying we need to get some more experience in, that's all well and good. But if you're willing to pay 600 plus thousand for Gagai at 31 years old, but you're not, you're not willing to pay a couple of hundred thousand to hold on to a 19-year-old who's played some pretty good games and, you know, needs to develop still over the next year or two. Um, if you even said to me, put salary aside, who, we, who do you want moving forward, you or Gaga, I'd take you. But even comparing to what they've got in their roster, like they're trying to get Pereira, Pereira in from the Dragons, like I, I'd keep new. Or you want to, they're talking about extending Jesse Arthurs at the moment for two years. Well, again, I'd rather put I'd rather put that money to new. Like I'm not saying the contracts are the same, but you need to balance the book. Yeah. So I'm very surprised. Um, and talking about Sydney clubs, I don't know which what Sydney clubs it is, but I'd be very interested now who's who's keen. And the Titans last year were linked to him because of his relationship from Fida. It doesn't seem like that's the case now, and they've obviously got some options there. But um, that one really really did surprise me. And I think the last sort of bit we got here, and this sort of got talked about yesterday, which is a bit odd. I think O'Sullivan, out of respect for the Roosters, because he was there, uh, they've basically notified them that they're going to have a red-hot crack at Joey Manu now that Roger Tuivasa-Shek has moved on. Everyone knows that Manu is going to be off next year. He's shown what he can do at one. He's played six. He's ultra-talented. For them, I guess, it's the ideal trophy signing to have a marquee who is a Kiwi. Um, so they're, they're going to throw their hat all the way in the ring. I guess the only question here is if they're bringing him back on big money and potentially a million-dollar deal, the Roosters aren't going to be able to do that. They will find ways to get a decent offer to him. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's already on about 700000 right now, and the talk is on their side of things that Tokiaho, who's had some injuries, getting to 30 years old, has had huge interest from Super League. They have marquee slots where they're allowed to pay extra money for players, and they might make a move next year or after next year to move him on to the Super League to free up the money to be able to make sure they put a more than competitive offer to Joey Manu. So I guess at the end of the day, it will come down to more his position. Does he stay for similar money or close to a million to play centre with a view to potentially be long-term, maybe their fullback? You know, Tedesco's just been extended for three to four years though, so that seems unlikely. Do they move him into the halves? Like Kiri's just been extended long-term, so it's probably not offering him an opportunity there so if he's happy playing centre he's happy at the club you've got no doubt they'll find a way but for the Warriors I look at it and say well you just signed Walsh as a fullback if you bring Manu over is your plan to transition one of those guys to play six yeah I think Manu could play six 100% so I, 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 I'd be going as hard as I possibly could for Manu, Joey Manu he's a better player right at this point in time than Roger Tua Vastashekis so that'd be an upgrade Mm, so I, I, I like what they're thinking, but yeah, I was just more interested looking. There's at... no disrespect to Shaq. Like Shaq's been awesome, but you know he's he's a one. He's not a six. Uh, and he, you know the fact that he's had to slide into the wing this year, they haven't got very much money out of him this year. He's now left because obviously he just he wants out. He wants to go home. His mind's on playing rugby union. Go get money. Go throw you know an extra two, three hundred thousand at him. And, and bring, you know, he's a Kiwi. Bring him, bring him to New Zealand. It'd be a huge coup for the Warriors. Mm. So it'd be an interesting one to follow next year, but I have no doubt yeah, the Warriors. Nathan Brown's got a good record signing players, man. Like, he, you know, he got Ponger. He's, he's, you know, he got Pierce, I think, when he when he was there. Yep, he got Pierce. Uh, he's had no trouble attracting, you know, quality players. So he got Walsh this year. Mm. And on a good deal. So I was just more wondering that yeah. situation. Would, do you persist? 
with Walsh at one because he's obviously shown with his ball playing, he's got the quality to be a six. He's well, it depends, not. Depends, doesn't it? That, that that depends on what the criteria is for Manu saying that he wants to come over. Like if he comes over and says I want to play one, then you've obviously got to have that conversation with Walsh because you don't want to have two players for the one position on marquee money. Like one of them, like I said, has to play six, has to play another position. And then you need to work out, okay, if it's six, cool. You, you can spend that elite money on a six, but if they're then going to play wing or centre, you can't really spend huge amounts of money on that position in the cap. No. So come November 1, the race will begin. He'll be hot property. Um, along with fellow Kiwi, obviously Brandon Smith, who we talked about earlier in Melbourne, being back in the ring, but there's going to be a lot of clubs, I think, uh, November 1 in particular, going after those two. 100%. So interesting. Oh, interesting to watch, but there you, there you go. There's some of that news right there. Let's jump in, preview the round. Thanks to the Penrith Solar Centre. When's the last time you looked at your bill? Did it give you, you know, a bit of a HIA? Did you feel a bit dizzy afterwards? Well, if that's the case, there's only one option. You ring the best provider in solar in Western Sydney. They are leading specialists in that area, devoted to giving you control back of your power bill. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Give them a call today, 1800 20 or www.penrosolar.com.au. Talk to Jake and the crew at Penrosolar. Uh, first game, it's the Roosters up against the Parramatta Eels, and it's a big one for Parramatta after last week's loss. And in terms of changes on the Parramatta side of things, Opachak comes back after being rested, so Penasini goes back to the reserves. Uh, a big out with one of their bench forwards and Nia Corey with a knee injury. He's potentially going to miss four to six weeks. Bryce Cartwright comes in for him. And as we said for the Roosters, obviously no luck for Billy Smith. Only five career games. He's had three season-ending injuries. He's had a shoulder, a knee, and now a Liz Frank fracture to the foot, which is a super awkward injury to rehab. It's going to be five months minimum. Um, but Josh Morris is in the centres. Manu shifts to the wing. Again, don't read too much into that. And Adam Kieran... Gives them the goal-kicking option there. Tokiaho's back from injury after resting last week on the bench. So uh, this is interesting. It, it really is interesting because for Parramatta, they got sort of caught up last week in their power game, trying to fight with the Canberra Raiders, which is exactly what Canberra wanted, and in particular in yardage. Um, you know, some of their forwards had big games and pl- plenty of work and plenty of metres, but it was just playing right into what Canberra wanted them to do. Um, and they generally started to win that battle and get on top of them. But against the Roosters here, you've got a team that, while stable, certainly has some holes in it. They don't trust their bench as much. I think for Parramatta, the big go this week is to complete high and sort of do what Canberra did to them and try and wear down this Roosters pack, try and get through the initial stints where you've got Jared, Liu, the two edges, Radley, etc., and try and pick your moments when the Butcher brothers come on or a Tokiaho who's still... He's under a bit of an injury cloud and just try and fatigue that middle of the field. And Obviously, now they've got new edge combinations. We know Walker is certainly someone that you can target and try and go after, but uh, no doubt I think the Roosters will, will give them a challenge this week, but they need to bounce back. They do, and they're starting to beat themselves from the inside out. You know, a couple of... I think Sterlo had a crack at, you know, how the Eels played and on the back of last week's performance. They, they lost me last week, the Eels. They've, they've got to get me back. I really thought this year could have been the year that they turned it around, but they just proved to me that 
they still don't know what winning football looks like when they're punched in the mouth. They didn't have a plan B. They just looked like a deer in the headlights. They kept doing the same thing over and over and over, even though it wasn't working. I know Moses wasn't there, but you know, was was Moses that grey in the in the Origin game? Probably not. Well, there's just I've, I've got huge questions. I thought also like Clint Gutherson last week. They needed more from him at stages in that game, and we just they just didn't get it. And they can be flat flat track bullies all they want, Parramatta, but they they need to start winning and beating top four teams consistently to be taken seriously. And the Roosters, despite all their injuries and all their setbacks, just keep producing high-level football and they're going to be competitive with whoever they play. Uh, I know they got smacked up by Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, but that was a blip on the radar. I don't, you know, I don't think you'll see that again unless they run into potentially full-strength Penrith or Melbourne, but they've got the shit out of everyone with their full score. So, and the Roosters actually have excuses. I'm, I'm struggling to find excuses for Parramatta. The, the whole, well, Moses is out... Like, you, you can't hang your hat on that. Penrith is still producing wins without, you know, halves. So, yeah, part of for me that, yeah, they, they look like they're just heading into another slide, don't they? Like, the fact that he, he played Jacob Arthur last week, like, he's got better options there in the, in the halves. Could have put Will Smith there. Uh, who are they named there this week? Jacob's there again. Will Smith's yeah, the 17. Yeah, I, I don't know how he gets another game based on what he did last week. And their extended squad doesn't have a half in it either. It's got Joey Lussick, Hayes Dunster, Rose Stone and Penasini. So, more than so likely. Jordan Rankin. I'm getting it up now. Sorry, man. I should have been trying to mean, but my computer's lagging. No, Rank, Rankin's not there. Not even in the squad. So, your option's Will Smith and you, that would mean you'd probably drop Arthur out altogether and then your bench, you'd probably carry... Lussick or a Ray Stone. Ray Stone they've used for a few different spots, but um, that would I'll be... Tell you, I'll tell you who I really liked. I liked Joey Lussick when he was in there as well. He did a good job. Yeah, I, I'd probably prefer him over Ray Stone. I also found anyway, it weird. Anyway, uh, I, look, I, I look at the Rooster side and they're getting stronger. You know, the, the only real area for concern is, is in the halves and then the outside backs, like you said, but... but yeah, Hutchinson's doing a pretty good job. Verrills is, you know, he's now, what's it, this might be his fourth game in a row, I think. Fourth or fifth, yeah. Slowly yeah, building. The Radley, this is his fourth or fifth game back. They're starting to really warm. And I, I, I like the uh, I like the Roosters. I said that last week. I think they're going to go past a few of these sides in the top four, uh, particularly Parramatta. So you're on the Roosters? Uh, and, yeah, I'm going I'm to tip the Roosters up. Parramatta really lost me last week. Well, I'm going to go the Eels, and I'm more so because I think the Moses excuse to me is a poor one because the talk that he's so crucial to their attack, I think when he's in there at times, and I've said it before, he doesn't run enough, he doesn't engage, he plays too sideways, he plays pre-line. I think, if anything, he pushes them the opposite direction where they probably play too lateral. Um, also, defensively, he's not making any giant difference. And the kicking game, they talk about like it's the most premium kicking game in the competition I, I think he's got a good kicking game but I also think last week the way they were beaten through the middle under pressure he wouldn't have done any better anyway so I think the, what they've got coming up they're playing the whole top five basically and the only other game they've got is the Cowboys so I think the two most winnable would be this one because you've got the Roosters who 
you know, got a solid 13, but they've still got a few guys there that they're limiting their minutes, and they've got new edge combinations, and you've got the Cowboys. The rest of the draw looks like a nightmare. So I think it's vitally important they bounce back this week because they're about to head into a real rough trot. So I don't have a lot of faith, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and Blue Bet have done just that as well. They're a sixty. $2.40 are the Roosters. Four and a half start there if you like the value. So... There's a bit of an option on the Roosters there if you're, you're a fan, but um, it's time to respond, that's for sure, if you're Parramatta. Tigers Warriors. And that one, uh, sorry, is at Mackay. So that's one of the first games, like we said, that will go out to a different region and let some fans be able to enjoy the rugby league. But Tigers Warriors is the early game, Suncorp Stadium. Um, and this one, for the Warriors, things just got a whole lot harder. We already said a few weeks ago with the injuries and the situation, mentally it's going to be hard to be there. But Fanua Blake, gruesome hand injury last week. Murchie had a head knock. Lisa Armio was another one who, given the situation, has gone home. Lodge is suspended for a week. And Chad Townsend, who's been trying to play through that shoulder injury, he's busted again. They've named Peter Hickory for his first game, I think, of the year in the halves with O'Sullivan, who hasn't exactly set the world on fire. And there's a complete reshuffle in their forward pack. And I, I go back to the point I made a few weeks ago, looking at the spine now, Walsh, Hiku, O'Sullivan, and young Taniela Otakolo, who's gone from playing SG ball, missing a whole year of rugby league, to now playing NRL this year, which is a huge ask. All the pressure creatively here, or to put the icing on the cake if they get any opportunities, is on Reese Walsh. Because, let's face it, from O'Sullivan and Hiku, you're not getting a whole lot of attack and ball playing. Otakolo, it's a lot of pressure for a kid. Everything's basically coming off the back of Reese Walsh if they get an opportunity. You can double up on him. You can swing an extra player to that side um, and forward pack-wise with what they've now lost and Harris missing already. Tanoa Brown's come back after not playing much and getting a quick run at the Dragons. Murdoch Masilla. Katoa's no guarantee with his head knock. Siren's been injured in and out. Curran. Um, if there was ever a week again, and I know the Tigers' chances are very slim as well mathematically because they've got to make up two games and keep winning. If there was ever a week for the Tigers to sort of get a decent win or I think take advantage of a situation, this is the one. Yeah, this is it, man. Tigers must win the season on the line. Warriors packed it in. Shep gone. Yeah. They just look like they're looking at the finish line. I think they'll be cannon fodder for the West Tigers if they come out, punch them in the mouth early, play tough, play strong play direct, make minimal errors, kick and chase well. I think the Tigers could roll all over the Warriors, but, you know, if the Tigers want to be soft defensively and not, you know, be willing to get some bruises and, you know, earn this win, the Warriors will get a sniff and it'll be a dangerous game for them. But, yeah. you know, you just, I, I want to see, if I'm a Tigers fan, I, I want to see them take care of business. You know, they looked a little bit shaky in the first half against Brisbane. <clears throat> they were, you know... Realistically, they were never really in the show last week against Manly. This is a must-win. Yeah, yeah, they have to execute. They have to be dominant. They have to get this done quickly. Uh, not quickly, but they need to get it done competently. Is there any shot? They, they lose here. Season is over. Yeah, I, I honestly still think... And I read some people today, even in a discussion group, they're disagreeing on you know, the Warriors and what they've done and what Roger's done or the club in general basically admitting it's over. Like... I, Oh, again, I know it's coming from someone who's not a fan. I honestly think, given the two years they've had to endure the injuries and the situation, I wouldn't be angry as a fan. 
Like, I know that's hard. it's easy for me to say. No, I think they're disappointed that you know Rogers left early and he's not playing to finish off the contract. But like that hard bubble, that, that's that's a big call. If the bubble gets locked in, yeah, but I, th- I, I, I can see the perspective in that. Like you're getting paid. I know that. Your teammates are there, so would he, would he would he be there if he was playing? Oh, he would have been playing. Right. He had a head so knock. My point is, he's not playing if he's contracted in my in my mind. I, I really don't like it unless there's something, you know, personal going on and that we need to be sensitive to and. You know, that, that obviously hasn't come out. But I think just to say, well, I'm injured. I'm, I'm out for the rest of the year. I'm out, boys. See you later. I think that's poor. No, I don't think that's what he's done. Big, big I, wage. I think the bubble situation is about to tighten. They've got a week to get home. He's not going to be part of their future. He could end up stuck here until Christmas, potentially. Yeah, but surely they'll get an exemption at the end of the year. Well, home. I don't know. But I just look at it this way, that it's a two-way street. They're three games out of the yeah. eight. You have to win every single game, basically. Cause it's, yeah, I get that. I agree with that. Yeah, but I just don't like the look to say, "Well, hey boys, I'm not playing. See you later." Mm. Well, I, I can see both That's sides of it, but I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah so can I, so can I. You got to look yeah, at it this way as well. I'm just saying that I, I can see that side of it. I think he's given everything and more for them, regardless of how they've been on the ladder, injury, roster wise. Like he's won a daily medal there for Christ's sake, and it hasn't been an yeah, easy time. I know, I know that. So I can see it. Like the ones like Armour though, if Armour's still contracted, I don't know if he's injured and he's just going home because similar deal. That that's more disappointing for me if you've got guys that are bailing out early because everyone else has gone through it. It's the same thing. Like you're one in, you're all in. So, um, but yeah, for them, I think the Tigers. It's got to be like the first 15, 20 minutes against Manly. They started fast. Dewey and Brooks were playing flat and hard on the ad line, creating second phase, running at big bodies. I think if they pop them early, first ten to fifteen. Warriors' heads will go down and the Tigers might turn to one of those games where the football just sings and you'll see Laurie, Dewey, Brooks, Little probing through the middle. Some of those smaller, faster guys, it could be ugly, but um, very much like your first 10 to 15 minutes, I think it's important. They get a shot in nice and early to just crush the Warriors' confidence. So I'm on the Tigers. I'm assuming you are too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Blue Bet, they're $1.51 favourite, so the odds are actually pretty good considering still. Warriors, two fifty-five, minus five and a half. Is the line there? Uh, and a couple of the shuffles, I don't mind either what they've done. They've gotten by in the centres. Like, Pauga got his two games, but last week he missed 11 tackles. You know, things will tighten up at least with him there. They're persisting with you, Tukamanu, who they got there on potential. Bloor gets his first ever start in the back row, which I think is a good idea with Garner injured. Um, and they've got a couple of younger guys on the bench again. Cheekham hasn't played a whole lot of footballs in. Tuki Simpkins, it's his third game. Tom Amone, I think this may only be his second or third game. So um, I'm looking at a name, though, in Kelma Tuolagi, and he was killing Cup. He's been in the Melbourne system prior to this. I don't know what else he has to do with the form and the way they've been going to get a start. I really don't. So maybe it is this week. Maybe it's not. But um, I think he's very unlucky not to have played in an RL game yet, especially given the way the Tigers have been going. Yeah. Broncos Cowboys are a late game, the Derby. Um, not, obviously not as highlighted um, as previous years, given the form of both clubs. But generally, these Derby games bring out the best. So hopefully, we get a good game of football. Tommy Flegler obviously suspended for his high shot. Keenan Palacia moves into the front row. TC Rabadi is back on the bench, and Levi swaps with Corey Pakes. And for the Cowboys, it's the same side as last week that pushed Melbourne. The only change is Hampton comes on to the bench back from a pec injury Dejan Arcee he's back to the reserves and um, as I said the other day a few people 
questioned when I said that Granville had played some fullback and can do a job. Um, and with the injury situation they've got in their OBs, they've they've chose to stuck with the edges as they are for a defensive and offensive kind of setup and let Granville keep playing from the back. And they're clearly not keen on displacing Drinkwater from the six jersey, which I'm sure he kept saying he wanted to play six. That's the reason he signed to stay there. So they're probably trying to leave him there to keep forging that combo for next year with Dearden and um, Arcee could probably play there, but same deal. They're clearly not willing to throw him in that situation right now. No, and probably roughly so. Mm. Um, this one for me, you know, Brisbane had a bit of a surge at the back end of last week. They, they were pretty good in the front half, uh, the first half. But again, I look at Penrith without Arby, without Cleary, it was a little bit more predictable a bit easier to defend. The fact that they are able to fight back was great. Um, but I look at this one, the Cowboys, the biggest question is that that was their best effort of the year, but can they produce it again? Correct. They've still got some semblance of hope, but again, they're very much on life support. Um, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I thought their effort from their forward pack defensively, their line speed, everything in that regard was outstanding last week. And the job they did with the middle, and in particular putting their effort in nice and early to stop things play one, two and get stuck into the forward pack. If they can do that here against, you know, a forward pack that heavily relies on Payne Haas and he's the one they really need to stop, there's a real good chance here um, that they could get a win and keep their very slim hopes alive. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these young guys go head to head. You obviously got Hetherington, who's made a bit of a statement this year in some of the games. He's had Riki, like I said, nice to see him play in Rabadi. Bullimore had a nice moment at the end, but guys like Lukey for the Cowboys who were great last week. Tommy Gilbert, who's rough and tumble, you know. To see some of these young guys go ahead, I think it's going to be interesting and, and deared it up against his old club. I look at this one, what a hard game to hit. Well, I'm going to go the Cowboys, but yeah, it's not with a whole lot of confidence. I just think Me they've too. got more attack. Me too. I, more based on last week. Yeah. Because if they, they reproduce that effort, they, they win. I know Melbourne looks sloppy, but the Broncos have been pretty sloppy all year. I don't know what do you mean. I'd flip a coin on that one. I think Broncos are the favourites. They're at home. But I'm not sure you can read much into that. Mm. Who knows, my friend? I'll, I'll go Cowboys. Um, yeah, I've got a mark. Yeah, again. It's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on who turns up and I think probably start, who starts well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Like if the Cowboys can get their game on and complete and kick and like you said, rip into the middle, like they can they can be quite dominant, I think. But you know, if either side makes a significant amount of errors or is just off, they they're gonna be out of the game fairly quickly. Mm. Well they've had they've a habit. Both demonstrated evidence of that across a long and consistent period of time, so it doesn't give you a lot of confidence to tip either team really confidently. 
the Cowboys have shown that they have really good patches where they string points together. So I think Brisbane. Yeah, okay, yeah. So if we're looking at who's probably got the best, who's shown us the best level of football this year, it would be the Cowboys. But they've also shown us. Oh yeah. Really bad stuff as well. I'm I'm basing it purely off last week. They've still got more to play for. Um, so on that derby games, like we said, always hard. But I'm on the Cowboys. Yeah, you're on as well. And with bluebet.com.au, it is a dollar seventy-seven for the Brisbane Broncos, two hundred five for the Cowboys, one and a half. The line there, Dragons up against Souths. Uh, huge changes this week. Blake Laurie, Jack Bird, Jack DeBell, and Josh McGuire. So heart of their forward pack. Tanoa Brown's going home. Super young side. They've got a lot of these guys in finally from SG Ball. I don't know why of all weeks to do it, you'd roll them out against the red hot South Sydney. I, I think this is the one game I wouldn't have done it. Um, but clearly, a bit of a baptism of fire. Sloan at fullback, part of that side. Talatau Monet, the six from the SG Ball side, is now playing in the centres with Corey Norman, which is very, very unique. Fagai, Matty Fagai, who was good last week, is back on the wing with Beal the other side. Sullivan gets another start at six with Benny Hunt. Josh Kerr and Paisa Fomasuli are the front row. Billy Burns and Fui Maano, the new back row, and Tarek moves to lock. And on the bench, again, young and a low amount of games. Kate Ellis, Jackson Ford, Jaden Hunt, I think only his second or third game, and Clune is uh, the 14. But in the reserves, they've dropped Cody Ramsey. They've dropped Matt Dufty again. Pereira's out after one game, and Willie Army is in the 21. And on the other side of the equation for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Cameron Murray is suspended. Other than that, they've got a couple of guys there in reserves. They've got a bit of a cloud apparently over the halves, but they've got options there with Blake Taff and obviously Dean Hawkins if need be. And even if those guys roll in, I just can't see anything but a dominant win here by South and more particularly again, Brand new edge combinations. Last week, the Titans had a bit of a field day there. They rolled to the middle with short passes. I, I just look at what Souths have been producing. I think they can really beat up on this middle. It's a super inexperienced pack besides Sims. And then again, like Norman out in the centres. Sullivan, again, who was targeted last week because he's only a small body. Amone playing there. Like It's a big expectation on some of these younger guys. So um, Souths all the way for me. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think they don't give them a touch up. <clears throat> That's about all there is to say about uh, about that one. It, it just looks like you said a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Uh, and the odds you've nailed it. It's the oh. dragons like they missed what now five, five five this week. So, yeah, well, this will be the end of this. Just torture themselves really, haven't they? Like this this barbecue game is just yeah, it's probably going to miss the finals. Well, this is the end of, uh, obviously, the suspensions, and then I'm assuming the week after that as well that you'll be able to see Lomax. I think he's up there late serving that quarantine, as was Alvaro. Um, but, yeah, whether they can turn things around, they're still obviously in the mix. Results this weekend might see them just fall out, but they're going to need to win a couple at the back end here. But um, Souths... Well, I think, I think next week's the grand final for them. They play Canberra. Yeah, and that's huge because they're going to be either even after this weekend or one ahead, one behind. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to be a big game. But, yeah, even if Taff and Hawkins come in, I've got full confidence that this forward pack, their back line, the trail steer there at the back, cooking the way the forward pack's been going, probing through the middle. There'll be enough around those two guys for them to just play um, and do their jobs and still roll on. So Blue Bet, agree with us there. The South City Rabbitohs are $1.07. The Dragons, 8 dollars 24 and a half 
is the line there. So significant uh, in terms of that. Knights Raiders, huge clash. A team in Newcastle who have had a couple of losses. They've got Bradman Best named back in the centres. Dom Young, after a string of errors, is out of the side. The forward pack again, very, very good last week, but let down by 10 errors by their outside backs. The Safidi twins, Frizzell, Barnett. And I like the fact that Watson's back in the starting side because, to be honest for me, whether he's at the lock playing that floating role or if the halves this week, they've got Pierce in the 21. If he's not playing, I'd just put him in the halves instead of Crossland. He at least brings an X factor. He's someone who runs the ball, tries to provide something. They got nothing out of their halves last week. Um, and on the flip side for Canberra, two big ins. Jack Whiten is back. Elliot Whitehead is back. They've lost Sutton, who's been a really underrated player for them. He's been outstanding. Um, but... Good result last week. The back five remains intact. Rapana, Smith Shields, Valame, who are huge out of the backfield. Elliot Whitehead obviously displaces one of the back rowers, which is Hudson Young, but he's just pushed into lock to replace Sutton. Haurira Naira's form. Papali's good from that head knock, it seems. Gula, who's been outstanding and on the bench, still got to Pine. Starling to bring that spark. Soliola and Tomoko, who made a bit of a late impact last week, just carrying the football, which is the strength of his game. So... It's an interesting one, but with Pierce in the 21, you'd obviously think they're getting close to looking to play him. Does he play? Doesn't he play? I don't know. Uh, with that being the case and Canberra building a little momentum, it, it's going to be another game where I think it's all about the forward packs and, and I'm going to back Canberra to do what they've been doing. Be dominant, get second phase, tire a team out, cycle and let the likes of Sam Williams just kick, control things, turn them around and try and win that way. first couple of play the balls. But the other thing Canberra have been doing really well is that 
you know, even when you win one of those first couple of play balls, they'll lay on and they'll give away six again. So they, they tactically, Canberra have got their, their kick, chase and play one, two defensive game, you know, really on song at the moment. And they're making it difficult for teams. So Newcastle just haven't been able to play that tough, grinding style of football for long periods of time. So I'm, I'm on the Raiders here with you. And I think what you said to, to kick off this preview in regards to Canberra having their back three attack and the job they did last week, you know, it leads me to think that it's it's the Raiders game, provided that they can reproduce it. The you know, the real X factor would be Pierce plays. That's that huge. Yeah, and that's what we're unsure of. And I think on the flip of that, and we've said this, Newcastle's forward pack's still been great most weeks, but they've been let down by their back five and their spine. Brayley yeah. Brayley's the only one who's really had an impact. He works with the forwards, he's getting out, he's running more, he's trying to make stuff happen, but Ponga off the back of their back five, you know, making errors or having poor set starts. They're playing out of their own end. Their forward pack's doing a good job keeping them in games and getting them upfield. But their back five last week made nine errors. The week before that, I think they made 12 errors. Like, if you're a forward pack like last week and you've done the job they did, the two Safidis were outstanding, Barnett, etc., and you make one error and your OBs make 10, like, that's just rugby league suicide. You can't do that to your forward pack. And, and they paid for it in the second half when the Roosters were at 100% for almost 25, 30 minutes there. So... Looking at Canberra, I don't think they're going to have any problem with the forward pack battle. They've just proved last week against the premium pack and the Parramatta Eels, they're more than capable of winning that side of things. But I think I'm just trusting more the back three and back five of Canberra and their spine, in particular the Starling-Hodgson combo and Williams being a sound kicker to do a better job in those key positions to take advantage of that. And obviously their, their back three carries and second phase roll straight into what they like to do with their forward pack. Yeah. Pierce is that linchpin. It, too often Newcastle have played with two secondary halves, a non-organising half, and that really hurts. I think Canberra, they've been a little bit the opposite. Like they've had to play a few games there without White where they've had two really like, organising halves, which has been good because they've been able to not only defend well fully and wins, but they've been able to kick well. And I think they've been a real spark in how Canberra have got their game on because... You know, having them in the team, you sort of go away from that. Get the ball to Jack. Get the ball to Jack. Get the ball to Jack. And it's a little bit like, well, let's just get to the get to the post. Get to the middle of the field. Half on either side. They play short. They run and they kick well. And I, I think it's really straightened Canberra up. And they're back playing that real tough style of footy. Yeah, and, uh, and that's what Newcastle need to get to. But I'll just look at who they were available in the halves. They're either young, inexperienced, or they're dual position players who aren't standalone organising halves which is going to it just makes it difficult for them to have direction and then like you say if they've got the back five making errors and just not getting them out of yardage it means you don't have field position it means you're kicking under pressure it, it puts a lot more stress on guys that aren't standalone organising kicking halves so they really need to look at the different aspects and elements of their game and how each of those different you know I guess teams within teams help each other out. 
uh, and, and straighten Newcastle up and, and play on the back of that middle strength that they've got. Yeah, well, I think the sign of Watson starting, if Pierce it certainly doesn't come back, speaks to them looking for more creativity because they're not getting it yeah. right now from their halves. So. But he's also a good runner. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I think that alone their halves didn't do. So. Yeah, look, um, I think Clifford's good. Clifford will run. So you, you've got Clifford, you've got Brayley, you've got uh, Ponga, and you've got Watson. Like They're all fast, good ball-playing yeah. runners of the football. But you need a steering wheel. Well, that's their strength. Yeah, you need the steering wheel though. So, we're, we're both on Canberra, I'm assuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the odds with bluebet.com.au show the Canberra Raiders slight favourites at $1.70, $2.15 for Newcastle, minus two and a half the line there. So, again, one of these it's critical. Odds there for Canberra. Yeah, again, it's another one of these critical matchups, obviously, for finals. Um, we obviously talked about there's a couple there. You've got the Dragons really in a position where if they lose to South, that puts them behind the eight ball. You've got Newcastle, Canberra. If Canberra can win, and the Dragons lost, oh sorry, if Newcastle win, the Dragons lost, and Canberra are there. They're all on eight points. The Titans with a win against the Bulldogs would put them on eight wins. And then if Cronulla lost to Manly, you'd have five teams log jammed, all on eight wins for seventh and eighth. So there's some crucial results this weekend. Um, but moving on to the next game, it was meant to be a blockbuster. I still think there'll be plenty of uh, fight and spirit shown, but. Not what you expected. Storm Panthers, Suncorp Stadium, massive outstay like we were talking about. You've obviously got Cleary, who's not returning. Arpy, who's missing for another week. Uh, the May situation, they don't know just quite yet how long. Toto missing potentially six to eight weeks, four weeks, best case, depending. Yo's head knock. Fisher's gone home to see his wife, so... Lots of changes there. They've now got Brent Naden into the centres with Crichton. They've got Robert Jennings, who's done a really good job, I thought, during the origin period, on the wing. Burton, for the first time, in with Luai, which, again, you need to see it um, because if Nathan does have any dramas, that is the combo you're going to have to see going forward. Mitch Kenny's at nine again. Liam Martin starts in the front row with Kikau, Kate Well in the back row, and Eisenhuth back in now at lock. And the bench, Jermaine Hopgood comes back in with Isaac Tago to join Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu, and their extended bench, Kurt Falls, Lindsay Smith, Jamin Semin, Momorowski. I'm surprised they haven't leaned back towards Momorowski. I thought he had a really good start to the year. I thought he might have found his way into the centres, but uh, not the case. And for Melbourne, Hines retains the one. Dean Aramaya holds the wing with George Jennings out. The back line, otherwise the same, but Munster returns with Hughes and the halves. The front row, Welch, Bromwich, Smith. Felice is back in the back row with Kenny and Dale. And the bench is Aaron Pano, Tui Kamekameka, Chris Lewis and Pappenhausen again. And Jordan, uh, sorry, Harry Grant and Tom Eisenhuth are back in the extended squad. So um, one big out for Melbourne is Nelson, who really struggled last week. I thought he looked gassed, but they've seen he's got a hamstring injury as well now. So um, other than that, they're close to full strength. I expect a Melbourne win, just given you take that many troops out of a side. I'm, I'm hoping there's a gallant effort from Penrith, but you saw the difference, particularly against a, a lower-tier side like Brisbane with their attack, just missing Nathan and Arpy. You take out your number one go-forward man in... James Fisher-Harris, Arpy for another week. Nathan Yo, who missed early last week, you saw his importance in the link play. Um, and now Toto, your best set starter. They're all critical factors. And a lot of those changes, what they've got coming off the bench and what Melbourne bring in their forward pack, I think more than anything from Ivan Cleary, this is a real good acid test 
when you look at some of these other guys. So the forward pack's still pretty good. There's still plenty of good players in the back line, but you know, I want to see Rob and Naden in yardage and decisions defensively from those guys. Charlie Staines, who obviously doesn't bring the greatest game in yardage, you want to see him get involved somehow. You want to see Burton hopefully kick well and defend well. Now he's in the halves. There'll be plenty of pressure from Melbourne, I'm sure, getting at both their halves. Uh, Eisenhuth getting a start. You want to see him do his job solid for 20 minutes and hold that middle. And then when you introduce guys like a Len Yu, uh, Isaac Tago, and Hopgood are all younger players. You want to see them hold their own. I think they know what they're going to get out of Scott Sorensen, but looking at just some of these fringe guys they might need to use heading to the finals, I, I think that's the biggest thing for Penrith here. Yeah, I think they're going to be in for a long night, mate. Melbourne, are, uh, like you said, very close to full strength, and they're going to smell blood in the water. They're going to want to give Penrith a real good punch here. And Penrith just aren't anywhere near full strength. And I think Melbourne will smell blood in the water, and they'll, they'll just give them the once-over, I, I believe. And the test will be, like you said, it's just going to be that acid test in, in regards to can these players that have played majority of New South Wales Cup and, you know, for the last sort of four to six weeks while New South Wales Cup has been on, are they going to have enough footy in them to get out there and compete with the best team in the competition at the moment in the Melbourne Storm? And yeah, Ivan's going to learn a lot about, you know, some of those players who haven't been in games or against opposition like this this week. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, I expect Melbourne to win and win probably fairly comfortably, but I'm going to be watching on with interest in regards to what Penrith do and more how they how they go about their game. Are they are they going to stick to you know trying to play through that forward pack, earn the right, or are they going to try and be a little bit more flamboyant? Are they going to are they going to try and unsettle Melbourne? Do they have a different style that they're going to put on this week to play towards the players that they've got in their team? So it, it will be interesting. I think their back five looks, they look expansive. Like they're Crichton and Naden and, you know, Rob Jennings has done a good job uh, whenever he's been in the team. Staines, Edwards, they're, they're going to have to be strong at the back because Melbourne will kick and chase really well. Hmm. Penrith's war pack looks competent, but it's certainly not as damaging as it would be with Yo and Fisher-Harris in there and, and Coruscant on the back of it. They look very workmanlike, the Penrith forward pack, so... They're just going to have to do their job, make their tackles, try and win, you know, the majority of those rucks early in the set with Melbourne. If they can do that, they'll be competitive. Uh, and then, you know, for Burton and Luites, as much about being themselves in regards to running and, you know, playing a little bit off the cuff, which they're, they're really good at, but like we've just highlighted in the previous game, they, they need to be that steering wheel. They need to kick well. They need to finish off their, the sets well. They need to direct the team around the park and, you know, I think Jerome's proven that he can do that. Um, and I think they really need to be clear about whose job that's going to be this weekend. And whoever that is really needs to nail it. They need to be man of the match. One of these halves in Penrithford to, to really compete and potentially win the game. The one for me, I need to see Staines used differently. Like they, they I know why I know why they're playing him. We know why they're playing him. He's fast, he's come through the grades, playing at one floating around the ruck, playing around on edges, playing off his speed. But he's lightweight. He's built like a kid. He gets manhandled in yardage. They don't get enough out of him there. Um, but like the fact that you know you've got Edwards, who's so workmanlike. He has 25 carries a game. He busts his ass. 
he ball plays here and there, but he's not that dynamic in terms of what he does with their attack. Like I think they need to swap them at times, not constantly, but in particular in good ball. Like you need to get more out of Staines because I'm going to probably sound a bit harsh here because I was a big advocate for him and think that that's his best spot moving forward. And you know, potentially in a year or two, if it keeps going the way it is and they're happy with Edwards, he might not get a look in. They might move on from him, but. It's at a point here for me where the way they use him is generally for yardage and he's finishing. He doesn't get a whole lot of opportunities on that edge as compared to the, the left-hand side to finish, but he doesn't bring enough in yardage. So if it's going to purely come down to that, I honestly, at this point, what I've seen in those couple of games from Jennings and his yardage work, would start to consider him that option. Yeah, yeah I find it hard to argue, man. I find it hard to argue. I kind of see what you're saying. I think what they need to do is give him as much ball as possible in open space. So when if Edwards is catching the ball, you know, at the post in from a long kick, I'd be trying to give Staines the ball in that situation. Yeah, to run to an open and, and let him run against a kick chase, not so much let him run against a set line or play one or play two. Hmm. If you are going to give him the ball on those early tackles, I think it needs to be from a long pass and let him maybe, you know, attack a three man or a long side and make those defenders nervous about his speed. Defenders aren't going to be nervous about his speed when he's playing north-south no. and just running India. They're going to be nervous when they feel as though he could potentially run around you or he's got some space. That's when his speed is, you know, becomes a threat. So you're right. They need to look at ways in which they can utilise that. Yeah. But you'd also, you know, you'd be naive to think that the teams aren't game-planning for that and knowing that he's strong in that area. And they're probably kicking more to the other edge because they know that that player is going to be a stronger dummy half carry so I think Stane traditionally plays on the right, is that right? Yeah, he's the right side. Yeah, so you, a lot of the teams will be kicking down their right hand side, Penrith's left to ensure that you know, it'll be Jennings this week, he'll catch the ball and come forward, they'll be able to tackle him and then you're either going to have you know, Edwards is a good is a good uh, kick return runner or yardage runner but then you know you're going to have Stane's on either play one, play two if that middle isn't back and you're going to be able to get into him and slow that ruck down. So it may even be, mate, that they just they slip the sides that he's playing on, maybe play him at fullback a little bit and allow him to catch that ball from kick return and let him rip it back and give Dylan some, some time to to rest and then roll him in as a dummy half runner. There's ways around it. I just think if your goal is, you know, to win a comp, you've got to diversify. I understand what you're saying. You look at him and what he brings in attack, which is his strength. But to play him as a standard, I know why they've got him there. We know why he's got him there. But yeah. at the moment, and for the most part of the year, he hasn't had many big games. He doesn't really help out in yardage. They can't really seem to find ways to maximise his opportunities for what he does well. So if it's purely as a yardage role right now, I'd probably honestly have to consider more a Jennings who in the two games he did get when they were under strength carried the house down he did more that Tyro role yeah, he's been really good like same as last week against Brisbane I didn't think Charlie was bad but he wasn't great but he had nine carries 98 metres two errors um, as compared to you've got Toto who obviously 20 carries 250 metres um, yeah. you know line breaks his post contact metres are almost more alone than what they get out of Charlie Staines like he's a good footballer but Wing's not his spot he can finish if you get him space, but in terms of the main principles of what you get out of your winger right now, I know why they've got in there because he's a talented player, but they don't find enough ways to utilise what he does well. Yeah. So if that was the case, you know, whether he needs another year in the gym or they're not going to make that move, like, I don't think long-term he's just going to sit on the wing if I'm Penrith. Yeah, I 
if you're not going to move him to one, no, 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 no. I've got to go a different route. Yeah, and if not, you've got to put him. If you want him to be playing fullback and develop a little bit more to get a better look, put him back in a cup for a little bit. That's a fair comment as well. So yeah, but they're going to have to figure it out sooner or later because if they love Edwards, and he, they're going to keep sitting him on the wing, he doesn't fit typically what you want out of your wingers right now, and they're not finding enough ways to utilise him. So that's just my opinion, but uh, yeah, the odds in that one. With Blue Bet, the Panthers six dollars. It's blown out massively with all those changes. Melbourne Storm, a dollar thirteen, minus seventeen as a half. And we probably didn't say a whole lot about Melbourne. I guess the biggest thing for them in this one, obviously, a lot more energy than last week, and continue to work out what they're going to do. Like if Grant comes back in, they've got a few conundrums because they've got to find a way to balance out him, Cheese. Then last week with Pappenhausen coming in and Hines pushed into the halves, they took Cooper Johns off. Like Munster's back this week. They've, they've got a spoil of riches which they've created internally in their squad and built up this death. Like it's, it's an envy of most clubs to be in that sort of position, but they have to find a way to utilise everyone, which is obviously their biggest goal is if they stay healthy and injury-free ahead in the finals is how to utilise their best 17. Yeah, yeah sure. All right, next game. Uh, the last two coming up for the round is the Gold Coast Titans up against the Bulldogs at Seabus oh, Super. Oof, huge. But um, I think I can sum this one up pretty easily. The moment Luke Thompson got suspended, any hope, I think, for the Bulldogs got flushed down the toilet. Well, it's very similar to how we addressed the Tigers game with the Warriors. Simple as this, Titans, you need to win this game. You need to win it comfortably. I think this is a very, very good opportunity for them to take away some of that negative forward against that they've had built up through rubbish defence you'd like to see them win this game by at least 30 you know a 30 point gap and, and at least draw some of that negative for and against the way get the two points uh, and then I think they play the Warriors a week after so it's you know they need to win their next two the Gold Coast and well, there's no other way around it like, you're spot on like, Luke Thompson has been unreal for he's the heart and soul of the forward pack anything good through the middle him and, him and Josh Jackson have just been out of this world in terms of their work rate. Like, there's times there last week where Jackson and Thompson are, like, just keeled over because they're, they're working their ring out for the team. So, I think you're right. Like, the Titans, though, they do struggle with the Bulldogs. Like, they, I think we only just hung on to beat them uh, last time we played them on the Goldie, which was, you know, it was a little while ago now, a couple of months ago. Mm. And then late last year, I remember going to the game at ANZ Stadium, similar time to to now and uh, I don't think either team were, were a chance of making the eight but yeah the Gold Coast were they did enough they did enough I think this weekend they, they really need to make a statement like coming out of that good performance against the Dragons you're coming into a similar side who's depleted you know I think there's some areas in their game out of last week the times that they need to get right like Ash Taylor if he wants to hold on to a position moving until the end of the year so from my in my opinion, he needs to not kick the ball down. He needs to not throw shit passes. He needs to really be that confident steering wheel, particularly if they're going to persist with um, Sexton and keep him in the side. They really need to make sure that um, Taylor's doing his job. Like, you're the senior half. Yeah. And last week, I think he kicked the ball down twice in the first five minutes, threw a shit pass, which hit the ground, a big, long, loopy cutout pass. Like, 
you're also you're on show now. You want a contract somewhere else next year. You need to show that you can be a competent NRL half. Well, for too often he's just not there. His defence isn't great, and I thought last week you had a rookie come in and outplay. Well, the best thing I think I took away from Sexton is he got poor service from Nine and his fellow half. At any time something went wrong, he was at least willing to pick up the shit and just take a tough carry. And he, he did well with what he was did well with what he was given. He goal kicked well. He made the best of a bad situation. Ended up racking up 160 meters. He did the one principle that we talked about. Any good half, just follow the football. And he got a try out of for that deflection off Hunt. Um, and you talk about Taylor Fogarty's named in the 21. So if his hands good to go, I've got no doubt they'll probably flip Taylor because Fogarty. Yeah, well, doesn't have the flash, but the one thing Fogarty does do well generally when he's there is take the kicking and just kind of steer things probably a little bit better. He, he doesn't have the talent of an Ash Taylor, but he's certainly a lot more competent week to week as far as consistently steering. Um, the only other change for them, Kelly was under a cloud, but he's been named, but Patrick Herbert is missing. Isan Masters comes into the centres, but their forward pack was really good last week. For Fida, I'm not going to repeat the same comments again, but he's back starting this weekend. Flanagan's in the lineup for the Bulldogs, I'm assuming, you know, that might be the edge that he's on. He was playing right side predominantly. If he's there, if they're not just constantly hammering him with Fafita, Tino, and finding ways to run traffic um, at that edge, I'll be very surprised. With Dell and Elliot, Elliot's back in after a long-term injury in the back row. Jackson now, uh, he was named at lock. They're going to have to start someone in the front row for Thompson because on the website that's not updated. So it's likely going to be Arva or Napa, and then their extended bench, like who they bring in. They've got Lachlan Lewis, Joe Stimson, Felikiko Manu, and Chris Patolo, who debuted the other week. He'd only played flag, not even cupped yet. Like They're going to have to push someone in and bring someone else on the bench and probably be short or middle. Um, so huge ask without your best forward. Um, I just, yeah, it's, it's all or nothing now for the Gold Coast. And Corey Allen has been named as one this week. Another change there. Meany's on the wing. So if they can't win... Without Thompson there, get over the top of this forward pack and do similar to last week. Just bust up the middle, some short passing, and then attack the edges. Uh, they're kidding themselves. But to your point, having a quick look, if the results go how you'd think, and that is, say, if the Dragons lost and the Sharks lose to Manly, you know, even if you say they'd lose by 10 points each, which, you know, you'd probably think more, therefore, and against would be, say, minus 50 or 60. You guys would be equal on wins with a win, and if you won by similar, you'd then move ahead on for and against. There you go. So it's a huge opportunity this week. Uh, and like someone like Newcastle, for example, they may get a win if things work out well and create that log jam with all those teams on eight, but they're minus 157 as opposed to the Titans on minus 52, and you've got the Sharks Dragons on minus 40s. So there's a chance that with a win and for and against and results, they'll be able to find themselves in the eight. Um, and then pending cameras result, they would be in the eight with nine wins, one win out of everyone. Mm. So it's a, it's a very interesting situation this weekend. But we're both on the Titans, no surprise there. And with bluebet.com.au, the Dogs, $4 outsiders, $1.24 for the Titans, minus 12.5 is the line. And the last game to finish off the round is the Cronulla Sharks up against the Manly Seagulls. Um, changes. Horotti is out of the side. Sean Johnson looking like his career with the Sharks might be done. They're saying it could be four weeks, could be eight weeks. So they're not really sure yet with that hamstring. Matt Moylan has been named for the first time, but in Jersey 18. So a possible late change there. Tracy and Trindle. Otherwise, for now, 
uh, the halves, Kennedy, obviously at the back, Katara Mulitalo um, on the wings, Raymond with Chambers back in the centres this week, and forward pack Nakora and Talakai start. Rudolph goes back to lock this week, Woods and Tolman in the front row, and the bench, Ueli Hunt, Williams, for Fita. For Manly, Kepi left the bubble to go home for the birth of his child. Josh Alloway, rightfully so, suspended for that horrible tackle, but two good inclusions for them. Carl Lawton, who was great while he was playing a few weeks ago, comes back on the bench. And Curtis Sirenen, who's been out forever after starting the year on fire. Um, I don't even know if he'll get a contract now, because depending on where they've spent their money, and they're obviously shuffling the deck and trying to fit everyone in, and they're still trying to work out the tap-out contract, which is back-ended and huge for next year. Um, with the emergence of Olak R2, Schuster and a couple of the other guys have signed up, I don't know what Syrian's future looks like. It's hard to know, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a talent thing. I think it's a money thing because he'll probably get a better offer from somewhere, but he's been very injury prone. So f- for them, I-, I guess it'll all come down to dollars. But um, I-, I look at this one and I said it last week, the Sharks at times are beautiful to watch with the football and good ball. They have some of the best long shifts Halves linking, Kennedy sweeping. That they got excellent finishes. I think Katoa, the way he gets vertical and some of the situations he puts himself in to finish, he's outstanding. Obviously, very busy in yardage as well, but they're just paper mache when it comes to defense. And I went out to look. I'm not like we said big on stat numbers at times, but I really thought when I watched them, I reckon they're the worst defensive side as a whole, just consistently. And sure enough, they've missed more tackles in the competition than any team, and they find themselves in the eight. But they are, they've missed 40 more tackles than any other team in the comp. Like, that 40 missed tackles in a game in general is bad. But they've had games this year where they've missed 50, 60-plus multiple times. Still found a way to win with their attack. But I think alarm bells here. Because similar to what I said last week, you've got Manly who can attack you from anywhere on the field. Tom through the middle. Croker's developing. Big forward pack that can put a dent in you. And if they do that, they've also got these two dynamic edge players here. You've got Cronulla, who have showed they can be paper mache. Their middle with Woods and Tolman leaves a bit to desire in terms of leg speed and go forward. When you put on a Williams, a Hunt, a Ueli, you get a bit more impact than leg speed, but you've also got two guys in Ueli and Hunt that if you cycle, you can kind of tire out. Fafita looks a lot slower with that knee. Um, and when you pull their middle apart, players like Talakai, who are so damaging in attack, are very vulnerable defensively. Nakora at times shows that he can come up with the wrong decision or get beaten on his inside shoulder. So I'm looking at this one and I say the same thing I've said every week. For Manly, you got to do what Canberra did. If you can cycle with their forward pack, go set for set, work over their middle a little bit and get them a bit bored, you can cut, you can find some points because they tire out a little bit. They don't like playing a cycle sort of game, but I just don't see the Sharks doing it. They've got two running halves now with Tracy and Trindle. If Moylan comes in, Similar issue. You've also got two defensive targets, like Trindle has been a guy that teams have tried to go at. Moylan's a guy you can go at. Um, I think Trindle's been playing left, so right. It's that Oloka R2 matchup again, where it's a guy you can just throw the football to, and he's going to need help. There's no doubt about it. He's going to need help um, in terms of dealing with that. I think there's an underrated matchup here. I think it'll be Chambers versus Harper. Harper's shown to have a bit of fire and a bit of sledge in him. Chambers obviously likes a bit of lip, so that could be very interesting to watch. Um, but with their paper mache defence um, and Manly being a bit hot and cold last week, I think Des will expect more. I think this could get ugly. Yeah, it could. <clears throat> I agree with you know the majority of what you've said. I just don't see the Sharks being able to 
get into a grind. <clears throat> you know, the last few weeks they've wanted to, I guess, play a little bit of try for try. They tried that with the Bulldogs last week. If they get into that game with Manly, we've seen how that works out for teams. They're going to have to, like you said, really get down and dirty and kick, chase, cycle, similar to that Canberra style. That's where we've seen Manly become unsettled and make errors. Hmm. But, yeah, I... They just don't have to pack. It's, it's, it's as an important game for Manly as it is Cronulla, because there is a chance that, you know, if a few results go Manly's way, that they could enter that race for a top four position. But if that's going to be the case, they, they need to win, you know, the majority of their remaining games. So it's just as important for them as it is for, for the Sharky. So I expect them to, to be right on and up for this. Hmm. Well, the, the the Eels draw like, like we spoke of. The Roosters this week would equal those two. Manly would then be two behind, and then they play Parramatta in a couple of weeks. And then Parramatta is still going to play Storm Panthers South. So the, the opportunity is there for either the Roosters or the Eagles with a decent finish to push Parramatta out and jump into fourth. So, yeah. yeah, I think for Manly, clunky at times last week, some poor errors when they... They're just an avalanche, though. When they get the ball and you give them six agains and they get rolling, they just score in gluts. And I look at this middle, I just don't see the Sharks, in particular their starting pack, having the middle to cycle well enough and maintain that middle with a Paseca, a Tapau, and those sort of guys, Tommy pushing through there to stop them. And when you tighten up in the middle and that roll-on happens, like we spoke about last week and the week before, those edges are so dynamic. Schuster creates three on twos or he can run himself and isolate. Uh, halves and, and just put his way to the line. You got Olakar too, where if they were losing the middle battle, or Schuster that you can shift to, and they just create something. They draw bodies in, they get quick play of the balls. You can long side shift off it. Cherry Evans' form, I find just amazing to watch how good he plays at club at times with his side. But obviously in Origin he struggles a little bit. But um, yeah, I just don't see the Sharks being able to maintain the rage in the middle to do enough to stop this Manly team from again turning into that avalanche and just rolling downhill and this is another one of those games uh, going to a smaller stadium they're playing at Redcliffe so I think that's the third one for the weekend that's going out of the big stadiums which is good to see yeah it is that's it so like we said Redcliffe for Eagles Sharks Brown Park Rockhampton is getting Dragons versus Rabbitohs and was it the Tigers game? No, the Roosters game versus the Eels at Mackay. So good to see, but both on Manly. The odds on that one, $5 of the Sharks, $1.17 for Manly, minus 17 and a half is the line. What about... That's a big line, isn't it? Have you got some bets again this week that you like? Well, do you want to go through each game? We'll go through go through quickly and see what we can find. Uh, I like the Roosters head-to-head. That would be my betting game. Okay. So you like the 240? Yeah, I just think it's, it's great odds. Well, I'm going to stick to the same theme I did last week. I think I found three or four scorers with some names. Um, this one, I kind of like similar again. I, I like both the edges. I was going to back both the edges last week in Crichton and Satilli. Um, but just the way they play their football at the moment, when they get going, they like to get out to those edges and play with those dynamic back rows. I think Satili's on Arthur, so if they get a bit of space there, I've got no doubt they'll challenge him all night. Um, and on the flip side of that, I, I liked him last week, Papa Lee on the other side. He's going to be marking up on Walker. He almost got in a few times over Sammy Williams. He pulled up short, but um, yeah, I think the edges, and more, more on dollar value. I could give you a winger, but 
I'm like, it's more money value. I, I'm not backing someone who's paying a dollar forty. No. I get nothing out of it. All right, let's see what have we got here. So if I back an anytime try scorer, you get a dollar fifty for Sebo. Or if I like Tupo, you get a dollar eighty. If if I'm not getting two dollars, I don't want it. I want more than two dollars, basically. So Crichton is three dollars. Satili again is three dollars twenty-five. So those two guys, I think, are pretty good value. Um, on that side of things, I can't see Papaliti's name, but I think he'd be pretty similar trying to attack at the halves. Um, other guys, bit of value. I think the way that Manu will play floating around the field and popping up, he's a good opportunity. He's $2. Um, but, yeah, I like the back rows in this game. I think there's some guys to be targeted in Arthur and uh, obviously Walker. Uh, yeah. I'm, going, I'm just going Roosters head to head. Yeah. That's good value. 240. We've got Tigers versus Warriors. This one again. I think the odds aren't that bad in terms of uh, Tigers, $1.50. If, if you really think what I think is going to happen, which is if they turn up with the right attitude and roll early, 13-plus has been the most margin for most games. This is their best opportunity, I think. That's $2.70. Um, could you trust them? I don't know. So, again, I like my try scorers. I think there's some value to be had here, in particular in the middle of the field. Little has stolen a few tries this year. When they can get a roll on, he's $4.00. So, I don't mind little at four bucks if they get uh, a bit of go forward. Brooks and Dewey, I think again similar deal. Depending on the way this game goes, are, are good options. Dewey's about two fifty. Brooks, uh, one of those spine players, but my, my pick would probably be little at four bucks. Yeah, I'm going to go um, in this game. I'll go the line total double, or sorry, winner total double. I'll go West Tigers into. Uh, over. I think the over is at about fifty. Actually, doesn't have it. it doesn't have it here on um, on blue, but it doesn't have it. Well, the points is fifty-five. There you go. And I'll go over fifty-five. Yep. So that, and you have to swallow five and a half, which I've got no problem with. Yeah. So that. you probably get no, it out. No, no, I, yeah. I, no, there's another one that you can go, which is just head to head. Oh, yeah. That, that case, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. I'd happy to happily go line total. Yeah. I'd probably rather eat three and a half, not five and a half, just because I, I hate it when teams win by four. Mm. And he could have won five and a half, and he relied on a kicker. Yeah. There's not many kickers I trust. I still think your is pretty good there, but uh, the next one, Broncos, Cowboys... Uh, I think it's similar to you. Head to head, Cowboys just at two dollars. Yep. Um, yeah. Try scorer though. Again, I think he's a good pick most weeks to at least have a crack. You, you, you know he's going to have a look when he gets an opportunity. I like Robson again, another hooker at four bucks. To score. Yeah. When they get the yardage, you know he's going to have a dig. If not. Uh, the interesting matchup for me is Tuolagi's up against Stag. Stag's at times can come up with a bad read. We know how dynamic he is in attack, but Tuolagi showed last week with Drinkwater getting him early ball and just letting him play. Um, he opened up Melbourne two or three times, so Tuolagi, two fifty. He's not bad value. No, it's good value. 
But, yeah, I like the nines in these teams that kind of struggle with their middles. So um, the other two that would stand out to me is obvious just because both have been poor defensively. Uh, these are the kind of games where you see generally a Payne Haas or a Tamalolo score a crash in. So they're both $4, but I'm going to lean on Robson. Robson's got a bit of a nose for the try line uh, in these sort of games. So going to take the value there at $4 and hopefully uh, he can burrow in. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna say I have ten bucks on, uh, or a little bit. Personally, I'm gonna have ten bucks on it. Uh, the Cowboys to win thirteen plus. <laughs> yeah, good odds. Five dollars ten. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Dragon Souths again, sticking to my any time try scorers. I'm not going to give you any outside back or the halves. They're all paying under two dollars. Their forward pack had a field day last week, and with an, a young, inexperienced forward pack, I'm gonna. Go, going to go the trifecta here. You, you wouldn't see me do this many times. And again, they haven't really been the best try scorers. And this bloke's really struggled under the new rules, which is weird. But Damien Cook, he hasn't got over often at all. But with Kerr lingering around the middle, Poissa playing low minutes, the, the role they've got with their interchange bench, if this is a week that he can't get out and find some space, I'm not here. Um, and he's very short considering a guy that's, I think, maybe only scored once or twice this whole season. And it would have been off support or offloads, not him just jumping out of dummy half. But if they can't bust this mob up, I'm not here. So third hooker in a row, I'm going to go Cook at $3. But the fact that Burgess is still paying four fifty on blue bet uh, is interesting to me. He's crashed over the last few weeks. And with a middle like this, there'll be an opportunity, I think, again, to try and force his way in. But I'm not backing any of the outside backs at $1.50 or $1.30 or anything like that. Yeah, I've got a same go multi. Seas to win by 30 or more into over 54 and a half gets you 320 happy with that nice uh, Newcastle Raiders this is a hard one uh, in terms of like I was talking about try scorers because they're generally playing central so there's not a specific sort of area that they like to attack it hasn't really been so much shift plays that have got them tries the last few weeks it's been through the ruck and pushing into space um, you know Starling's usually good value just pushing around the ball uh, this is one of the rare games I think I can see being one to twelve. So if you like Canberra, you get three dollars with Blue Bet one to twelve. If you like Newcastle, you could get three dollars thirty. But yeah, this is one of the only ones I'm sort of looking at, thinking pending Pierce. If Pierce plays, I think it's a one to twelve game. If it goes the other way, uh, yeah, I find it a bit more difficult. I'd, I'd be looking again for a bit of value. I like Watson, the fact that he's floating around in the middle of the field. He just generally finds himself around the ball and offloads in second phase. If I was going to back someone from Newcastle, he would probably be my pick at $4. Uh, on the other side of things for, for Canberra, they've done a really good job the last weeks, few weeks with Harawira Naira, who's been on a bit of a tear. So Harawira Naira is at 320. They've done a good job getting him into space but similar deal if I was going to back someone from them I don't know if I'd go an outside back they seem to be channeling the middle of the field hard so you got guys like Tapine and Papali around $4 $3.50 Tommy Starling I'd be looking at some of those middle options but um, yeah I might ride the hot hand in Harrow and I at 320 yeah I'm, I'm going Campbell 1 to 12 man yep 3 bucks happy to, happy to, yeah happy to take those odds yep get uh, a bit of value there. Uh, Storm Panthers, similar deal again. You're not going to get a whole lot of value in terms of line margins, etc. Um, and your try scorers, all those guys that you'd expect, those names are all 
under two dollars. Um, Brandon Smith, Byron through the middle. He's so short now because he's scored an absolute stack of tries uh, in terms of what he's been doing more recently. But yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that as well. The over makes uh, it easy to watch. You just think, well, Melbourne should win by twelve. You would think, and then you just cheer for points. Yeah, I don't mind that Melbourne and the over. <coughs> Melbourne the over. Yeah, it's probably a good good shout. Um, yeah, like I said, in times of try scorers, that back line fairly loaded. Your best value would be Remus or Olam. They're both paying twos, so at least you get. Double digits, but yeah, you're more looking at your your matchups there. Um, they've had a real habit with their half scoring. Munster hasn't scored a whole lot, but Hughes has been pretty good value this year running around. If they can play him through the middle and open things up, he'll he'll be a good shout. Um, but yeah, I'm probably with you on your bet, so we'll go there as well with uh, them to win and the overs. Dogs Titans. Uh, yeah, this one closer than what I thought. Dollar twenty four still. Uh, I can see Gold Coast getting the 13 plus that's not even paying two bucks but would you be willing to swallow the points I don't think so and overs 53 I don't know if I trust the dogs to score enough points like last week they fought back but two yeah, but the Titans leak enough man I've gone I don't want to swallow 13 with the Titans nah neither would I I've gone Titans minus 10 and a half I'm, I think they'll win by 12 but it'll be right around that mark, I would think. Realistically, they should be by 40. And I'm, I'm happy to take the overs just because I know that the Gold Coast defence stinks. Mm. <clears throat> well, Flanagan... That gets you uh, 70. Yeah. Well, no no surprise. David Feeder's in dollar figures, so you're not getting any real value there. Um, he's been a bit of a flat-track bully in these sort of games. Him to score two tries against four bucks... Uh, if he's marked up on Flanagan on the left and they get a roll on, I've got no doubt he'll go looking for the football and try and barge his way in. But if we're going to go straight up head-to-head um, in terms of just getting some dollar value, maybe not a bad week for Tino to get one. He's crashed in a couple of times this year. It doesn't happen a whole lot for him. But, um, yeah, he might, might not be a bad price just trying to find him in. He's $3, so pretty short considering. Uh, Kelly again. Last week got an ankle injury, only played half the game. He was my pick, $2.10. I'd probably look at one of those guys, but yeah, if you really think with Thompson out, the Bulldogs might be a bit flat. And Fafita can pick on a Flanagan or someone. Fafita with blue bet is $4 to get a double. And the last one we've got here, Sharky's up against Manly. Uh, Last week obviously went heavy on that double Garrick, double Tommy, into Olaka Artu. Olaka Artu, I was yelling at the TV because we all sat him for the charity, but he literally got tackled on the line or held up three or four times. It was there was kick- one there where he passed it back on the inside. Oh, he no. The ball. Like, he could have just run and scored, and he passed it to... Harper. Yeah, it was Harper, yeah. Killed me. It's not super. Once or twice with space, he got through and got, like, legs and three or four all coming at once and just grabbed every fucking body part they could get their hands on. I was like, damn it. But uh, half of last week, as we saw, got a hat-trick. He's marking up on that same edge again where I think they might be vulnerable. Um, 
Yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not swallowing 13. I've got Manly minus 11 and a half into the overs, and that gets me 225. I like their right edge again. Um, you know, Talakai again, like I said, very, very dangerous in attack, but defensively uh, at times can be caught out, not the best laterally. Trindle's on that side of the field. He's been targeted by a lot of teams. He, he's been doing a good job. He tries to get in front, but he's someone you can pick on, and Chambers has missed a couple of weeks of footy. Um, he's had his moments. He's been good, but he's also had a couple of snaps, been a bit, a bit of ring rust. So uh, I'm looking at that right edge of the field again. Harper is 220, 275 around Olek Artur, and the fact that they're just, again, absolute paper mache through the middle. Uh, I wouldn't put it in a multi this time, but Tommy to get a double. There's no odds on it here at the moment. Maybe they've got to reframe that market, but I'm assuming he'd be around $3. Yeah, you'd think so. But, yeah, I just look at what they got in their middle, trying to sustain long periods of time here. I think there could be multiple guys, but, yeah, that edge, Olika R2, Harper up against, uh, you know, a couple of guys that can miss, and the way they seem to open up through their middle. Some weeks, I know a lot of people have been messaging me uh, talking about Paseca crashing in or a tap hour because you get $6, $5, somewhere around there. The way they do play, yeah, there probably is a good opportunity, but, yeah, I, I really like that right edge at the moment. Um, there's a bit of value in those guys. They're both close to $3 with blue bet, so there you go. Comprehensive as always, mate. Yeah, bit of news, in-depth preview, talk about some of the teams and what's going on, and then some betting odds. So big thanks again to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet today, do it with no one else other than the true blue bookie. Jump on the website or download the app today, bluebet.com.au. And a big thanks, as always, to Penrose Solar Centre and for everyone out there. Um, heading into the weekend, I'll just keep repeating myself, as I say every single time, if you're locked up, if you're feeling a bit stir-crazy, talk to family, talk to friends, stay active. Uh, inbox us if you want to talk some footy, if you're a small business. Uh, I know we had a couple message last time, and hopefully one or two of them didn't take it in the wrong way. I'd kind of got caught up with work and didn't get back to a couple of people. I also had one or two with a Facebook change. Say, like, are you advertising a business? Are you being paid for this, etc.? cetera? So I feel the ads actually didn't go up, but uh, I figured out how to get things to go through now without having an issue there. So if you are a small business or you know someone who needs a bit of a plug, hit us up uh, in the inbox and we're happy to do so if you want to talk some football. But more importantly, again, stay safe, stay healthy, stay active and, um, yeah, enjoy keep an, uh, keep an eye out on our Facebook page. I reckon I'm going to try and get a, uh, a Zoom trivia night going. Um, but I'm in the process of sort of trying to work out how many people and how we use the invites and what method. But, yeah, looking at doing a few things that are going to be interactive and hopefully keep the mind ticking over and keep people uh, being able to interact with us as well. So, yeah, keep an eye on our Facebook page. If not, I'll, um, I'll chat about it a little bit more on next week's uh, our review show on uh, Monday. But, uh, yeah, hope to have it up Yep. over the weekend. Probably probably for a Monday night, like a weeknight, it would be better. Because on the weekend, we're watching footy, but I don't want to be doing other shit. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off. Um, so, yeah, looking at maybe a Monday or a Tuesday night. Yeah, so, yeah keep an eye out for it. If, if you don't see anything, we'll chat about it on uh, Monday's show. The only other thing, I guess, next week, I don't know whether we can maintain this platform. I've obviously got to wait and see what my work is doing with the announcement. Um, I didn't hear the conference before, but for most things, I thought they almost guaranteed the construction would be back uh, without 
yeah, issues. So if that's the case and I'm back at work every single day rather than floating or being on call 24 hours, um, I guess the only option would be to do it late in the afternoon. But the issue there, obviously, we you've got kids and I'll be home later and then, you know, recording, we may not be able to do it on a Monday. It might have to go back to Tuesday. Yeah, we'll see how we go. See how we go. Um, we've been able to do it this way because we've got a little bit more time and it's it's worked but um, yeah it's not our full time profession so no, we'll, we'll just need to see what happens next week by year and, and yeah fit in where we can but again for everybody stay safe stay healthy um, again small businesses hit us up if you want to talk to us about anything in general hit us up on the socials as well if you haven't done it now and you've been listening long term give yourself a triple rate and review us on iTunes uh, big thanks to them long term for sorting out those issues that we had the other week Acast as well been great this year good to be on board with them and uh, again thanks to Bluebet thanks to Penrose Soul but most importantly thanks to you the listener and hopefully we're providing uh, you know a little bit of extra content here for you while we're all a bit stir crazy and bored in lockdown but for now enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league bring it on give us more give us more where are you going where are you, what, 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 what's going on here is that it is that it Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.